is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 591, recorded on Monday, August the 15th, 2022. Hey, Jason, how are you? Uh, I'm doing okay, Christopher. How are you? I am all right. I'm all right. It it feels like uh, here we are in the middle of August and summer's kind of winding down, which is yeah. sort of a bummer. I know, I know some kids in other places have already started school, but... Here, where we live, kids don't start school until after Labor Day, so a couple more weeks. What hellish places on earth start school so early the farther, in the summer? The farther south you go, the earlier school starts. I know our friends in Georgia started school last week. What the fuck? That's I know. Crazy. It's, it's weird. I don't get it either, but it, it has to do with um, the weather, I think, mostly. Something like that. So uh, I just want it to be way too hot? Is that, yeah. Let's just go to school while it's way too hot? Something like that. I don't know. So, but anyways, halfway through August, summer's winding down, but you know what's winding up? Um, I, I, every once in a while, I like to wind, wind up my wife, get her all wound up. <laughs> so she's spinning around like a top going crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not too often, right? Because. No, no, not too often. Probably yeah. wouldn't work out so good for you if you did that too often, but I guess you wind her up once in a while. <laughs> yeah, just make her crazy. But, that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking... No, no, what's, what's winding up? The the Walking Dead universe, Jason. Oh, it's, the Walking Dead verse. Yeah, it's it's winding up again. Uh, we have a new show on the air, for real, to talk about, and it's not the main show. For truly? Yeah, for truly. It is, of course, Tales of the Walking Dead, and we are going to talk about the first episode of the new Walking Dead spinoff, Tales of the Walking Dead, on this podcast. We are also going to do a few emails and calls from listeners. But first, before all of that, an announcement. Sure. Or, or, or kind of a reminder slash announcement, because I have mentioned this before. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but it is the fact that um, this Walking Dead series finale watch party that I mentioned some months ago is taking place. It is happening. It is, you know, the, the plans have been put in motion and I want to remind everyone that, that, that it's taking place. So this is in conjunction with our friend Jason and everybody over at the walking dead cast. And when I say in conjunction, I really mean it's all him. He, he's doing all the work. I'm, yeah. I'm just showing up. I am going to it. And I am hoping that a lot of other people go to it too. I know tickets are selling pretty well right now, it sounds like. But as a reminder to everyone, in case you don't listen to any of his podcasts, uh, I wanted to talk about it here just to make sure that as many people as possible can have all the info and come out and watch the episode with us and hang out and have a good time. Super. When you say us, what do you mean? Well, everyone who's going to be there. Okay. So you, are you going? I'm going. I have a plane ticket to San Francisco already. That's just nuts. No, it's going to be fan-frickin-tastic. And uh, I would like you to come too, but I'm, oh, man. I'm not, uh, I'm know, not and, uh, optimistic. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough because really, when it boils right down to it, when you get down to the core of the issue, I just don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. I went somewhere on my vacation, yeah. and I was glad to be back. Well, sure. I think Every all, no, it's it's more than just 
you know, it's like, okay, now I can start relaxing after my vacation, kind of, I'm finally home kind of shit. I do not like going anywhere. I hear you. I hear you. Everybody likes, generally likes coming home, but some people like going places too, but I get it. I, I understand. Uh, now there'd probably be a difference between your vacation with your family and a trip to San Francisco to watch a TV show with a bunch of cool people. Not, well, <laughs> yes and no. To no. me, what that sounds like, it doesn't sound like, uh, okay, so. Let's listen, listen, be- before you continue, I yeah, didn't okay. mean to put you on the spot here. I, I, I just sort of wanted to tell everyone that I was going and, uh, I wasn't going to bring up the fact that you weren't going. Uh, but you did. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. Okay. Well, here's the thing. When people say, uh, you know, when you say I'm going to San Francisco to watch the finale, it's going to be a great time. You think about the adventure of it. I assume, you know, you're in San Francisco. You like San Francisco. You like seeing people. I assume you like going places and doing stuff. None of that sounds good to me. And it just seems like a long list of a bunch of annoying bullshit that I have to get through before I can sit my ass back down in front of my fucking screens. Right. So other than everything else, like watching it is fine. Like being there is fine. But everything that comes with it, you're not into. I'm not even sure if it's to be in there. If I could tell if we had a, you know, I wouldn't say Star Trek. I'd say if a wormhole opened and I could go because the whole Star Trek thing is, you know, kill that person and create a copy of them over there. Mm-hmm. I'm not really into that. Uh, but if a wormhole opened and I could physically go from here to there to sit down in a theater, uh, maybe if it was a science seat. Well, you know, I don't know if it is. And not. I could teleport to in front of the seat kind of thing. But everything, it's it's the, the planning, it's the deciding which uh, suitcase to bring, packing the suitcases, making sure that I have enough clean clothes and toiletries and all that stuff in the bag, getting it ready, taking a car to the airport, oh my God, waiting for the car, sitting in the car, getting to the airport, getting out of the car. It's just, it's such a long list of things I don't want to do. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair. I'm the opposite. I love doing shit like that. I actually like airports. It's weird. Do you? Because- yeah. It, it causes me anxiety and stress just thinking about that long list. And I only got to the point where I arrived at the airport Yeah, and I'm already stressed out about it. You're, you're not even in the door yet. I'm, I'm not even, I just, I got out of the cab. I haven't <laughs> even gotten to get my suitcase, which is brought out of the cab by the driver. Most likely they're uh-huh. usually the person that takes the luggage out of the, out of the trunk. There's an interaction point there, which I don't really like. All right. You know, <laughs> so, well. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at, everyone. The season finale watch party is taking place on Sunday, November the 20th, 2022 in San Francisco at the new Parkway Theater, which is actually in Oakland, California. So it's across the bay from San Francisco. It's called the new Parkway Theater. And I will be there. Jason from the Walking Dead cast will be there. Uh, Karen, his former co-host, will be there. Lots of other folks involved in, you know, the podcast network, I think, will be there. We will be watching the episode. We'll be recording a live podcast. It's one of those theaters where you sit on, like, comfy couches. You can order drinks. You can have food. Like, it's a, it's not a typical old-school movie theater. It's, it's going to be a really nice place. And I think you should come. I, I think everybody should come. You got to cross the bay. That's another thing. On a on a 
Yeah, in a car over a bridge, something like that. Ah, man, cars. We're probably going to, you know, while we're not watching The Walking Dead, maybe we'll go do an Alcatraz tour, whoever wants to come. That'll be fun, you know, walk across the Golden Gate Bridge. That'll be fun. All these things will be fun. Anyways. Okay, okay, the only, yes, okay. I've seen the Golden Gate Bridge. I've seen Alcatraz. I've been in San Francisco just for a layover. Uh Uh, You know, I can't remember if I was coming to or from Asia, I forget. But I was in San Francisco for a number of hours and we saw those and the bridge looks fantastic. Alcatraz, I would like to go to Alcatraz someday in theory, but, uh, you know, that bridge, the only problem I have with that bridge is that if there's ever, ever any kind of monster or kaiju attack, they're taking out that bridge. Right. So you, cause every monster movie has that bridge taken out. Even the X-Men took that bridge out for whatever reason. I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Magneto moved it over. It's like, why didn't you just take everybody over with you? Why did you have to bring the bridge? Anyway. <laughs> Good question. Good question. I don't know. But, that Man, monsters hate that bridge. They do. They do. So you want to be careful when you're on that bridge because there's, yeah. there's a high probability of a monster attack. But hopefully that doesn't happen. And I think we're all going to have a great time now. Or sentient apes. They're really bad on that bridge too. That's true. Like you have a whole tribe of sentient apes. They really, uh, they'll fuck you up. So watch out when you're on the Golden Gate Bridge. But while we're in the theater and while we're doing other stuff, I think you're perfectly safe. Now, if you want details, what you need to do is go to podcastica.com slash TWD finale party. That's podcastica.com slash TWD finale party. Details are all there. The link for the tickets are there. Everything you need to know, um, check it out. And I hope you can come. I hope, you know, everybody out there can come. I mean, not too many because the whole place only holds so many people. But uh, uh, it's going to be great. It's November 20th in Oakland slash San Francisco. And yeah, it's going to be a good time. So go to podcastica.com slash TWD finale party for the details. Super. And hopefully I'll see some of you there. Okay, um, we'll probably talk about that again as we get closer to it, but uh, there you go. That's what you, that's what you need to know for now. All right, let's play here a call. I've got some calls and I've got a few emails, just kind of some follow-up stuff from listeners and some general information, things like that. Um, the first one is a call from listener Scott. Hey guys, it's Scott from Kingston. I thought I'd give a little off-season call-in just to talk about all the spin-offs. Um, had some thoughts on everything happening there. So I guess the first one is the one that was just announced, the Rick and Michonne spin-off. Um, curious how they're going to make that work because, like, if you remember the show, like, Michonne didn't show up for, like, seven years after Rick had already disappeared, so is it going to be, like, two episodes of just Rick to, like, explain that time or are they just going to jump right into it? I, don't, I feel like if they just jump right into it, it's episode one and Rick and Michonne are together. That's, I'm not going to like that. Um, also hoping that maybe there's some way they can work in Judith into that show because uh, Kelly Fleming's so good that it would be great to have her still in the universe. Um, but I don't know how they'd do that either, but that would be pretty cool if they could do that. Um, then I guess for the Daryl one, hoping and I'm expecting that they're going to play off of the end of World Beyond with that. And uh, that would be pretty cool, I guess, if they do that. Um, have like those uh, faster zombies and, and things like that would be pretty exciting. Um, 
And then Tales of the Walking Dead, I'm really excited for. That might be actually the one I'm most excited for. So, and that's coming up really soon. So, I'm really stoked for that. Uh, can't wait. Um, and then, what was the. Oh, Maggie. Oh, so then the Maggie and Negan one. Yeah, that one, I think, because like everyone's kind of like, oh, why why are Maggie and Negan going to be like. I, I think that in that, episode, in that show, they're actually going to be enemies. I don't think they're going to be friends. I think that that's going to be a show where uh, I don't even know actually which way it could go. Either one could be the protagonist and the other could be the antagonist. But um, I'd be really surprised if they actually are friends in that show. I definitely suspect that they'd definitely be more likely to be enemies. Um, lastly, I know like a lot of people are like kind of saying, like, why did they. Um, if they're gonna have all these spinoffs, why even end the show? But I kind of like the idea. I'm kind of coming around to it that I like the idea that they're um, putting all these different shows out. And then if if you're a diehard Walking Dead fan, then you're getting more content, which is great. Um, and if you're not, and there's just certain characters you like, you can kind of just focus on those shows. Because I know like a lot of times the biggest complaint about Walking Dead when they have these big cast is that they split up into all these different um, groups and stuff. Um, so I think this kind of addresses that issue. So, so overall, I'm excited. Um, did kind of take a little bit to understand why, but I think I'm kind of getting there. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and hope for the best. Oh yeah, I didn't mention Fear because that show's terrible, but I still watch every episode because it's Walking Dead. But I really hope that they somehow figure out a way to improve that show. All right, thanks guys. Awesome, thanks Scott. So if we work backwards here a little bit, uh, Fear still sucks. Yep. <laughs> we're we're all on board with that uh although they are filming season eight right now it is underway there there are people you know people have been out there and seen the set and things like that so that's happening fear will come back sometime uh next spring i guess with season eight um maggie and negan uh i guess the idea is that scott's saying is that they probably won't be friends on that show like they will likely be enemies for lack of a better term and that's i mean i think that's a pretty solid theory how it plays out exactly why they're out there together if they're reluctantly working together or if they're actually sort of at odds um i don't know how it's going to work but uh that show is filming as well they've put the pilot in the can already from what i've been uh told really that well that's the that's the making of every buddy cop movie ever made Right. You get you yeah. take two or, you know, the odd couple, you know, you have, uh, Alex or Alex, no Felix and, uh, damn it. I don't know. Who else? Anyway, uh, you put two people together, you juxtaposition of incongruities, you know, you have one of them's a clockwork orange, or you have a clockwork orange, one of them's the clockwork, one of them's the orange, you know, and they, uh, you know, hilarity ensues. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. That's always what happens. But I'm just wondering if, if they won't even really be traveling together, like, I, I'm I'm curious now more and more about how this show is going to go, right? Why they both end up in Manhattan, first of all, but are they actually there together? Are they there for the same reason even, you know, is one of them trying to do something and the other one trying to stop them for all, for all we know, right? Like all these qu things are possibilities. I, I think, um, I think the least likely one is that they go there together and are trying to achieve the same goal because where's the conflict in that where's the tension right oh and yet you know, they need some kind of bad guy for that then you need I'm another sure bad could, guy yeah. yeah i'm sure they could come up with a bad guy they're not going to be the only two characters in the show no i suppose that's true but would it not be more interesting to to make one of them 
like follow the perspective of one of them and make the other one really the bad guy or muddy the waters a little bit. And they both have like they've sort of done, you know, they both have their good and bad qualities and whatever brings them to New York, you know, we'll figure we'll find out. But I, I just don't think it's going to be as simple as they leave together, go to New York and, you know, live happily ever after fighting a new bad guy in Manhattan. Yeah. I don't know. That's absolutely what's going to happen. Well, okay. We'll see. Because if they can't share screen time, then you got to split screen time. Right. And I think that neither one of them are going to want to have to share, you know, individual screen time. Uh, It's better to have them both on the screen at the same time. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, but it's just not going to be as interesting, is it? Or maybe it will be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have uh, I have faith and uh, a complete lack of trust in the writers. Right, exactly. Uh, the Daryl Show. Uh, Scott was saying that maybe they'll play it off the end of World Beyond a little bit uh, because we know he's going to Europe. And um, we also know that they are shooting that show in France. And of course, France is where the post credit scene at the end of World Beyond took place with those fast, strong, scary zombies and the uh, the doctor on the radio with Jenner. So yeah. that feels like a pretty likely scenario that the Daryl show will play into that a little bit more maybe than the rest of the uh, uh, spinoff shows. So I like that idea too. And then finally, the Rick and Michonne show I think there are a lot of questions about how this is going to work and what exactly we're going to get with this one too, because it will feel strange if, if there isn't some sort of lead up to their reunion. If they're just all of a sudden on screen together and we have this show with the two of them, that's going to be super weird. And like Scott said, I don't think I'm going to like that. Uh, We need some kind of explanation for time differences for how Rick got to where he is and how Michonne finds him where he is. So now I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, is this Rick and Michonne show actually going to be five episodes of them separate and one like big reunion at the end? Uh, You know, I I know. I know. And it is a limited series though, right? Or is there, uh, are they anticipating it? going into a full-blown series uh it's six episodes but the word is that it's not going to be a single season there will be i see future seasons of it so they could do like a slow ramp up big reunion at the end of season one and then move forward from there with them together and if that's true that there's going to be multiple seasons that kind of thing feels a little bit more likely to me in this case although it in its own way, I think it's going to be weird if 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 the two characters are 100% separate until the end, because we're going to be jumping back and forth between the two of them, presumably neither of them knowing about the other one and what they're doing, right? Yeah, and they got to pick up the kids in that case, right? They can't, they're not just going to abandon the kids. Yeah. And forget about the fact that they're in the show at all. Just like, yeah, they're fine. Michonne's the worst mother ever. Like, <laughs> my God. Well... You're absolutely right. And my next email here is Vicky from Essex, who writes, I just want to write in to say I'm so thrilled at the Rick and Michonne news. We as fans need a proper conclusion to both of their stories. That being said, it poses the question about Judith and RJ. 
They really need to be reunited with their parents, which I was kind of hoping would be happening at the end of season 11. But that, of course, now seems unlikely. So will the kids, or maybe even older versions of these kids, be brought in at a later time in the new series? Because not including them would be really, really bizarre. Yeah. I think Vicky has a good point, just like you did. Uh, somehow those children need to be incorporated. Or killed off at the end of season 11 so it's not a problem yeah but nobody wants to see that sure, sure why not <laughs> yeah sure why not um well okay so think of it this way rick has to get his gun back and his hat right uh -huh. so they have to pick up the kids right judith has it uh but in the trailer for the final bit of season 11 we see a shot of daryl holding that gun and looking at it. So if Daryl's leaving, maybe he takes it with him. Right. Okay. I don't know. There's, there's so much going on, but the more I think about these things, the more, Hey, it's funny. Like the more problems I think about, how are they going to solve these problems with the shows and these characters and all these different things? But also I kind of get more interested in finding out too. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get to know. We will. Um, Listen, one other thing that sort of occurred to me while I was listening to Scott there, and he sort of mentioned it, is they've they've spread out all these shows, right? They're making all these spinoffs instead of just one main show with all the characters. And my question that he posed, and my question for you, Jason, is, is this a good thing? Does it, does it give people more choice about which characters and what shows they want to watch, or does it water down the whole Walking Dead universe too much and separate things out too much? Or neither? Let me ask you a question. All right. Okay. Let me answer your question with a question so that I'm going to ask now at this very second. Please do. Here we go. So you're in a grocery store and you turn down the cereal aisle mm -hmm. and you look at the sheer volume of the number of cereals. Each cereal brand has multiple kinds and sub kinds and all of that choice. Yep. Is that choice a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, <laughs> I think it's easy to argue either way. For me, I think there's too many, but at the same time, if there was only one, that would, that would be too few. It's a tough, it's a tough call, right? Yeah. Like I want Cheerios. What kind of Cheerios do I want? Do I want regular Cheerios, uh, apple cinnamon Cheerios, uh, you know. Multigrain whole, Cheerios. Multi well, we always get multigrain Cheerios, there's, but. There's frosted Cheerios. Frosted there's Cheerios. There's like, Cheerios. Yeah. There's 70 different kinds of Cheerios. Yeah. Right? So I go get Cheerios. Like, well, what do you mean get Cheerios? I personally uh, like zest soap. And I went to the store one time and they no longer had regular zest or they no longer had what I would consider regular zest soap. They had uh -huh. two different sub kinds of zest soaps. Like, well, you know, the market's changing. They either want uh, this other, this one kind of zest soap or this other kind of zest soap. It's like, fuck you and everything you stand for. Just go back and make the zest soap that I liked for years. Make that. I will continue to buy it. I mean, that that's a different problem though. That's just you not liking change. <laughs> No, it's, it's not like, I'm okay with change, uh -huh. except if you're going to add things, fine. Just don't get rid of the thing that I was using uh, before okay, and fair. let me prove to you that I will continue to buy the thing that there was before. And there's probably other people like that as well. Probably. Yeah. Why, well, you know, why get rid of the old things and assume that I would want the new thing okay. without trying it. So uh, I believe that in this universe that we live in on this earth, 
there's too much choice. Right. That's, and shrinkflation drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, I think I think you might be right there. So are you trying to say that making more Walking Dead shows is the wrong call? I believe it's the wrong call. And then let me give you another example. Okay. Uh, you walk out. Uh, I open up Audible, right? I like Audible. I listen to books all the time. Well, I wouldn't say all the time. I currently have a backlog of like 13 credits that I have to friggin' get through. Anyway, I decide that I want to start listening to Star Wars novels. Right. How the fuck do I choose a Star Wars novel? I can I've tried a number of times to start listening to Star Wars novels. I have no way of knowing how to get into it. I'd have to, uh, I have to do research to figure out what, where do I start? And even that you can start in multiple points, right? There's these storylines and they interact with these other storylines. You could start here. You could start there. You could start just like, oh my God, there's too many Star Wars novels. There's the old stuff that is no longer canon that was canon at one point, but then they came up with new Star Wars and there's new canon stuff. Some of the old books are considered still canon there. Some of them are not. There's all these other plot threads. There's the Thrawn trilogy. There's just, I do not know where to start. Dave, friend of the show, Dave, has tried to help me out a couple of times. It's too much. And therefore, I have yet to start, I've yet to purchase a Star Wars novel on Audible. Yeah. Even though I really want to, and I have a lot of credits, and I'm prepared to do it, it's just there's too much. The barrier to entry now is too high. Yeah. I mean, different kind of people approach that differently, right? You have all this choice in front of you and it paralyzes you. Other people just are like, eh, screw it. Just dive in somewhere. And that's, and that's that. So that, that would be the case with the walking dead too. And, um, I think the star Wars thing, like, couldn't you, there are characters in star Wars that you know, that you're familiar with. And then there's probably novels that have nothing to do with any of those characters. So you could, dive into the books that are a little bit more familiar with some of the characters you know. Just like in The Walking Dead, if you want to follow the Daryl show because you're a huge Daryl fan, that's great. But if you don't care about Tales of The Walking Dead because it's about different characters, new characters usually, then you're not missing anything and you don't do it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of can see both sides here because I think that they have to end the main show. They can't just keep it going on forever. I'm glad it's coming to an end. But do we really need 14 new shows that spawn out of it, right? Maybe one new show or two or something like that. Not, we have four already and probably more coming. So, yeah, I mean. Could I'm, you imagine what would happen with Cheers today if uh, Cheers was ending? We'd get, uh, we'd get Frasier and then we get Woody and we get yeah. Norm and, uh, <laughs> you know, I would watch the Norm show. Yeah. Those would last for one season and then people would be like, nah, this is not worth a whole show. What do you think is going to happen here? Do well, you think that all of these shows are going to go on for record breaking seasons? Uh, no, of course not. Of course not. Um, but it, but it is you know, I, I have a hard time sort of wrapping my mind around it a little bit because I feel like some of these shows, especially the Daryl one, is almost like a continuation of The Walking Dead anyways. Like Daryl's, something big's going to happen. He's going to leave and his show becomes The Walking Dead now, right? And so <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of don't even see the 
the difference in some of those. Tails is different for sure. The Maggie and Negan, like that's just the Maggie and Negan extension of The Walking Dead. I don't even feel like it's a new show. So to me, it's almost like, well, now we have season 11 or so, I mean, 12 and we're just continuing from here. Right. Uh, so if Cheers ended and then Sam decided that he wanted to sell Cheers and go and buy Gary's Old Town Tavern right. and start a new bar, uh, and then every, every once in a while Norm would come because we know Norm goes to Gary's sure. all the time. Uh, so, you know, is that really a new show? Uh, and it, it and, and the new, then the new show is called Lachayam or something. <laughs> or right. Nasravi. So, so that's what it comes down to. Is it a new show or is it still the same show, right? They've deconstructed yeah. it and rebuilt it. Is it new or is it the same? It's, yeah, it's a $6 million Walking Dead episode. Show. Yeah. I've, my feeling in, in some ways is, is, is that it's the same, but you know, you and I have a different perspective on this than most people do because we've been so close to it for 12 years. But yeah, you know, I don't know, maybe other people see it as real different shows. And maybe once we do see it, it, they'll feel like different shows. I don't know because world beyond felt like a different show, but again, all different characters. So what can so you are, do? Are you telling me that we need to start a star Wars novel podcast? Well, I don't think I'm telling you that, but uh, maybe you're telling me that. It's not a horrible idea. No, I bet you there's some out there though. Yeah, that doesn't matter. There's no, that's other true. Walking Dead podcasts out there too. It's very true. It's very true. Well, anyhow, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Walking Dead shows. I hope they work for people. I hope they're all great. And will it water down the universe? Yeah, probably a little bit, but maybe not. Maybe they'll be really good and they'll all be worth watching because I know we will be. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, okay. Let's do one more email here. This comes from Sasha in Germany. And it just goes back to the stinger at the end of the trailer for the last block of season 11 here. And do you remember that, uh, the bit at the end where Aaron is talking about how zombies can open doors and climb walls. And then we see that yes. sort of chateau looking type building. Yeah, very Bavarian kind of uh, European place. Yeah, so Sasha writes, it looks very European. The letters on the sign look to me like something, something, remembrance, something, something, um, which might be about the end of World War One and a celebration day in France, as well as the US, I think. And so... You know, France, I looked it up, they do a Remembrance Day very, very similar to what we do here in Canada and that what other Commonwealth countries do. Uh, the United States, of course, does Memorial Day or Veterans Day, which is kind of the same thing for them. Um, so that's sort of where Sasha was going with that. And it is kind of a good catch because we know Daryl is going to France. Um, and, you know, maybe that building actually is in in france and they're they're teasing us with a little bit there from the daryl show that we didn't know at the time oh they're all going to france okay yeah maybe why not Everyone, fine everybody going not going to with negan and uh uh to new york uh, is going to france with daryl right there you go a except for carol except for she's carol. not going yeah. no carol's not going anywhere um, although having said all that, I went back and looked at the clip again and <laughs> I'll be honest, the banner on that building to me could easily just ha have said Renaissance 
as in like Renaissance Fair, uh-huh. as much as Remembrance. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I'm not sure it should tell us anything really. But uh, if it's a hint at France, then good on the writers or the the editor for doing that. Sure. All right. Okay. Thanks everyone for writing in our, our, you know, there hasn't been a lot of walking dead lately, but, uh, so our, our sort of communication with listeners, emails and calls uh, like that has slowed down a little bit, but that is fine. It'll be picking up again soon. I'm sure. Okay, Jason, let's talk about tales of the walking dead season one, episode one, the new show that premiered this week. The title of this episode is Evie semicolon Joe. Right. Or maybe Evie slash Joe, or maybe just Evie Joe. Evie Joe. Yeah. The plot summary is this. In a road trip story, a reclusive prepper abandons his bunker in search of a female prepper from his past. Along the way, he meets an unlikely ally who is his polar opposite. They team up in an effort to find their lost loved ones. It was directed by Ron Underwood. And Ron has done, in the past, four episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Unfortunately, all between seasons five and seven. So not my favorite section of that show. Okay. But he has done other Walking Dead stuff on Fear. This episode of Tales stars Terry Crews as Joe, Olivia Munn as Evie, and the an actress who had gone unmentioned to this point, I think, is Kirsty Bryan as Sandra. They really focused on the known names on this one, although Kirsty's been around for a little while doing some acting. Um, now, that was the plot summary I read. I think, you know, a plot summary that would be slightly more accurate, anyways, that I wrote down here is, Joe leaves to find Sandra. He's captured by Evie, who forces him to take her where she's going. Coincidentally, their destinations are very close to each other, but neither of them find what they're expecting. And they end up forming a friendship in the end. <laughs> Not, neither of your descriptions men- mentions uh, uh, the cutest lamb that ever existed. Yeah, that's true. There's a lamb. I'm not sure why there's a lamb, but there is a lamb. The lamb was the best thing in the show. All right. Well, let me let me ask you then, Jason. To me, this felt like kind of two episodes cramped together because there's the road trip aspect to it. And then there's kind of the, the horror thriller aspect at the end to it, um, which we will get to. But what did you think of this episode uh, of Tales of the Walking Dead? Now, I'm a big fan of Terry Crews. He's one of my personal heroes. I love the man. I've loved everything that he's done. Uh, and then, coincidentally, this rhymes, but Olivia Munn, uh, I also really, really like. Uh, specifically, The Newsroom, which was uh, one of my favorite shows. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, her character was amazing on that show. I thought she did an amazing job. All right. Uh, I've always been a fan of, of Olivia Munn since I've known her. Okay. There was something I knew her in before the newsroom, and I went through her IMDb, IMDb, and I can't for the life of me figure out what it was specifically. I think it might have been a show where she, uh, it was like a video game review show of some kind. Anyway. That, I think that's where she started, yeah, on a, on a, on a show like that. Yeah. So- I'm a fan of these two characters. I was, as soon as I saw Terry Crews on there, on the show, uh, at the beginning, I was very excited. And then, and then Olivia Munn joined the, uh, uh, joined the adventure. And I, uh, you know, I was excited to, to know that Olivia Munn was in this. 
Uh, I fucking hated this episode, Chris. Oh, that's and, too bad. And Terry Crews is like one of my favorite actors alive. And he, neither one of them, of these powerhouse character actors could hold this thing together. It was just so boring. Like you say, it was two episodes. The first episode was boring. The second episode, second half or third of the episode was laughable. I hmm. actually laughed out loud a couple of times. Interesting. It, just, it it made no sense. Uh, I didn't have a high level of mistrust of anybody. And when it got to the point where, you know, we, uh, Terry Crews ate an edible, yeah. which was, I'm not sure what was in the edible, but it was hallucinogenic. So it wasn't quite marijuana. Anyway, uh, it was, it just, it did not sing to me, Christopher. Okay. It, uh, it was... If I had, if I had a knob, I would have turned it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Olivia Munn, you know, the last couple of things I've seen her in was the 2018 version of The Predator. I don't know if you saw that one, but I, re I remember her from that. I don't Predator. Uh, and then she played Psylocke in X-Men Apocalypse. And I don't right. know if you saw that either, but I, those are the two things I remember her from recently. Uh, but you're right. I had no idea she was in the newsroom or anything like that. So, um, as far as this episode goes, I didn't dislike it nearly as much as you. I don't think it was amazing, but I didn't actually mind it that much. Um, I, I agree. I don't think Terry Crews was fantastic. I think he's been better in many other things. Yeah. Olivia Munn, I thought was okay, but. She didn't, like her performance didn't jump out at me in any special way. I do think Kirstie Bryan, the sort of the unknown actress at the end that plays Sandra, was pretty good. Um, that character was weird and I didn't yeah. really understand the character, but I think she did some good work there. Um, including screaming that she was attacking them from another room. Uh, I, I like that. I laughed and laughed and laughed. Just, no, I like that when, when she, when she really screams at Terry Crews in, in that scene, I thought that was pretty good. Um, what I didn't understand about her was the, the clown face, the makeup clown face. And if you're listening to this, and you haven't seen the episode, that is probably going to sound extremely bizarre. You know, why is there a clown face? Why not, really? It's Yeah, it's kind of a why not. I don't feel like it was explained at all in the episode. It was just used to make her seem nuts. Right? Yes. Like, yep. am I wrong there? I, I don't no. think I'm wrong. No, you know, if you're going to be a prepper and you're going to be in a super bunker that's uh, color-coordinated... Each room was color coordinated. We had the blue room. We had the red room. Uh -huh. We had the yellow hallway. What the fuck was behind the door at the other, at the end of that hallway? You come down the stairs, you go around the corner in the yellow hallway, and then you turn left to go into the blue room. And then, you, or you could have turned right and go into the red room, or you could have gone straight through a doorway, which they never opened. Well, obviously it's the green room. It's the green room. What yeah. the fuck is in the green room? I want to know. We'll never know. I don't know. Um, but is, is this maybe a problem with this kind of, this kind of, uh, epi or like, I was going to say a problem with this kind of episode or, but this kind of show, like you, if you're telling these self-contained stories, 
you have to really do the work to give the audience what they need to feel emotionally invested in it, right? And I think they did an okay job with the Terry Crews character, in my opinion. Not as good a job with Olivia Munn as Evie, and a terrible job with Kirstie Bryan as Sandra, because we don't understand her at all. Now, she's supposed to be this sort of crazy villain at the end. Maybe that's maybe they figure that's all we need to know about her. But I wanted to know more, to be honest. Like, honestly, a whole episode about her, I think, would have interested me instead of her just dropping her in at the end of this one. Um, but I wonder if this generally is is a problem with this kind of episode or kind of show. It's harder to do that. It's harder to get your audience on board and give them what you need to know or what the audience needs to know about these characters to really get invested in it. And I kind of felt that in this because I wasn't so into some of these characters. I, I, well, I couldn't, I could only, like I said, I could only get on board with the goat or the, the, the lamb, right. the little baby lamb, which was there for, uh, who the fuck knows why. Yeah. Right. So, uh, okay. First of all, Terry Crews starts his motorcycle, right? And then uh, Evie goes, hey, come here, you got to see this, which is, you know, a book she's reading, which she could have walked out and gotten into the sidecar and said, hey, look at this. Yeah, she's uh, reading his, like, diary or whatever, yeah. trying to figure out where Sandra is, yeah. But she forces him to leave the running motorcycle. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, well, the motorcycle's going to get stolen. Yep, 100%. right. That absolutely happens. But imagine, if you will, that you're the guy that stole the motorcycle. And you ride off into the sunset. Why in God's name would you leave the fucking lamb? I know. I made exactly the same note. Like why? It's a sidecar. Sidecars are made for, you know, (laughs) sidekicks. That lamb is the perfect sidekick. Yeah. He tied a note around it. He wrote the note. Thanks for the motorcycle. He didn't just steal the motorcycle. He wrote the note, tied it around the lamb's neck, took the lead, tied it around a brick, Mm -hmm. put it in the doorway in full view of the two people that he's stealing the motorcycle from. I know. And then he goes and gets in the motorcycle and drives away. I, I 100% agree with you. That was the dumbest part of the episode. It, I, I don't understand why the lamb was there. I don't understand why that guy would leave the lamb. I don't understand why he would spend the time to write the note before leaving the lamb. I don't, I don't get it. I don't even understand who that guy was. And I don't need to know much about him, but I maybe need to have some setup previously in the episode that there's a band of thieves roaming the area or something like that, right? Are we supposed to just know that already because this is The Walking Dead and we know that people are dicks and they do this kind of stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you and I should know that. But your average audience member? What if this is the first Walking Dead show you've ever watched? It's not going to work for you. You're going to be like some random dude took off on their motorcycle? I don't get it. You know? Yeah. The whole, that thing didn't make any sense. I'm like, okay. And it didn't even make any sense because she said, you got to come here and see this. Right. It's just like, well, no, I don't. Like if you've got a book and you're about ready to go, you go stand next to the go machine and say, look at this. Yeah. Or I got to talk to you about this while we're driving. This is a perfectly good conversation to have while in motion. Like sure. There's nothing stopping them from doing that. And in re- in reality, if she was that excited about what she found in that book, she probably would have re- like run out to him all excited, not stood there and said, hey, come check this out. Okay. So like the next time how, I go- That's not how people react, I don't think. The next time I go on a road trip, 
like it happens every now and again, right? We went on a road trip up on our, our vacation. And we go visit people every now and again. So next time we go on a road trip, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to try this out. Yeah. I'm going to uh, pack the car. I'm going to get uh, get my wife and my son to stand next to the car. I'm going to start the car, and then I'm going to go in the house and I'm going to yell, "Jenny, come here! You got to see this!" And she's going to run in the house all a panic and go, mm-hmm. "What's going on?" And then I can show her a goddamn meme on my phone. Right. Like, look at this thing I found on my phone. It's a, it's a, it's a picture of a lamb and it goes, ah, how are you? Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. Isn't that funny? It's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And see how well that goes over. <laughs> yeah. Of course. It's not going to go over well. Now, to be fair, Evie's information was more important than a meme on your phone. Ah, but I take your point. That is arguable. Well, she, she decided that she knew where Sandra's house was because Joe didn't at the time. So she figured it out because she was familiar with the area. I saw a short video of a, I'm not even sure what kind of animal it was, but the animal was in bed with a person and the animal was very sleepy and they were watching TV and the animal was nodding off to sleep. Mm -hmm. It was the cutest thing ever. And I shared it with my wife. Yeah. You know, uh, next time I will say, come here, you got to see this. So that she has to, whatever she's doing, she has to get up and come all the way into where I am. So I can show her the, the animal falling asleep in bed with the person. Well, That'll be hilarious. Yeah. Anyways, if we go back to the beginning of this episode, it starts with Joe and he is just doing his thing. He's living in this bunker that he has. He's got all kinds of supplies. We find out at the beginning, it's been 402 days since the start of the zombie apocalypse. It's written on a small whiteboard. Uh, so just over a year. And this episode relies on montages at least a few times, including near the beginning here where we sort of get a montage of his existence. He's he's watching the same football game over and over. He's able to recite the lines of the color commentator. He's living with his dog. He's taking the dog out to pee a bunch. He's working out. He's doing Sudoku. And um, that's how they communicate what Joe's life is like to us. And that's kind of what I meant about, I think they did an okay job with giving us what we need to know about Terry Crews as Joe. This is what he does. This is this is where he was at the zombie apocalypse, and this is why he's being able to survive. And right. so, so, so now you kind of know enough about him. That's great. Um, okay, so I'll concede that. And then when the dog dies, he has uh, his life is now unfulfilled. He doesn't have companionship. Exactly, he misses it, and so he needs to go and get some. Exactly, the dog dies, which is super sad. Um, even that scene, I thought they kind of pulled the rug out from under us a little bit because you know, the dog pees in the bed and Joe says something about, yeah, it's okay. You know, we all get older and have problems and things like that. And then you think the dog is just going to die, but then the very next scene they're outside and the dog is killed by a zombie. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't see that coming. Of course it was super sad and you're right. It takes Joe's sort of reason for staying or living away a little bit because the dog was his companion. And Something else I I noticed that they did, which was, I thought, really, really clever, and I really have to give them credit for this, is that during the original montage, you see him waking up in the morning every day, turning the light on. Post-dog dying, they do another little montage, but you see him going to bed, turning the light off. And I really got the feeling that this was, you know, at first... He, he was living the life. He was waking up. He was living in the light. Now he's lost his dog and he's experiencing the darkness. Right. Right. 
and it's all about the it's all about endings instead of beginnings. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I I really really thought that was a a nice touch in the episode. Um, so I got to give them credit for that. But um, once he decides to leave, it's now being four hundred and fifty two days because we see the whiteboard again in the background, and he sets out on the road and runs into Evie. Uh, who who kind of captures him more than anything? Yeah, he he runs across some uh, spike a spike strip, mm-hmm. uh, which punctures the tires in his car, which they magically fix a little bit later. In well, the the motorcycle, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, three wheeled car type mm-hmm. vehicle, yes. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, and then they cap she captures him inside a hammock, which I assume is something she knit herself because she took a class. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. He gets, he gets captured in a hammock after driving the, over the spikes. Uh, but I didn't even think of the fact that they repaired it, uh, which obviously they did because the rest of the episode they spend traveling in this motorcycle. Uh-huh. But that makes me think of how a lot of things in this episode are, are shortcutted a little bit. Right. And this comes back to what I was saying before about how it's harder to, to, Communicate what you need to communicate to your audience because you have so little time. It's one episode instead of a whole series, for example. Um, you know, they, he drives over the spikes to blow his tires. And the very next scene, he's walking through the forest at night and steps into the trap and he's trapped. I feel like there's a lot in between there that would have made sense to see. There's nothing about him deciding what to do. He never tries to fix the bike. You never see him setting up a camp. He's, you you don't see him worried about being stranded there or anything like that. He's just all of a sudden tires blown in a trap in, in Evie's house, basically in the next scene, you know? So they shortcut things like that and they leave out things like trying to repair the tire, which maybe they leave on the cutting room floor or maybe everyone's like, you know, that's boring. We don't need to show it. But personally, I want to see those things. And He's got I, a lot of crap on that bike. I assume one of them, I assume one of them is a tire repair kit. I guess, but I, I, I don't know. Is it a, maybe it's a line they need to drop in that, that explains it, or maybe they need a scene of them, another montage of them, you know, getting ready to go. I don't know, but I felt the absence of it. And I didn't like that part. Was the kill switch real? Um, it never came up again, so probably well, not. Well, he had he started it, and the kill switch doesn't, uh, you know, once you start it, the kill switch. So he said, uh, she mentioned that uh, there was a kill switch when the guy stole the motorcycle and said, no, it was already running, and they didn't need the kill switch at that point. So right. it made me think that it was real, but, you know, he did make a lot of mods to that bike, so yeah. maybe it was real. I don't know, but if you, uh, if you were a motorcycle guy and you were, you know, uh, wise enough and smart enough to modify a motorcycle, would you have a motorcycle helmet or would you have to use the football helmet that uh, is not yours? Like I assumed at first it was his, but then he talked about losing it mm. and then it was, uh, you know, some football hero of his. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You're right. He wears a football helmet instead of a normal motorcycle helmet. He seems to be a motorcycle guy. Now, maybe he chose the football helmet because it was special to him, more sentimental value, and he wanted to bring it instead of yeah. just some, any old random motorcycle helmet. Now, did he have an extra helmet in the sidecar or did Evie have her own? Because when she got in the, in the motorcycle, she had a helmet on. <laughs> this, this is what I mean. They, they just sort of 
do these things without explaining them. And I know not everything is going to be explained, but you're right. She gets in. She's wearing a helmet. Why would she have a helmet? I don't know. She wasn't even intending to capture him, right? It was just she captured somebody and it worked out in her favor. At least that's the feeling I got because she wanted to travel as well and she didn't have the ability to travel on her own. Yep. Right? So pretty <laughs> lucky coincidence, I would say. I would say so. Yeah. So I I get it. Like all these things are, are kind of crazy, but at the end of the day, I think there was some stuff to like here. I certainly didn't hate it as much as you did, even though it's all kind of weird. It was mostly boring and laughable. And I just, I really don't think that, uh, Terry Crews and Olivia Munn held it together for me. Yeah. Like they have more power in their, uh, their charm, uh, than, than what we saw on the screen this fine day for, I watched it today. I know you did. <laughs> because I was eating steak at dinner and uh, my wife was talking to me about uh, her work. Uh-huh. And I just, my eyes went wide and I stared at her. She's like, what? What happened? It's like, I think we're supposed to watch an episode of something before the podcast tonight. I better go find out what that is and watch it. <laughs> well, I'm and glad I, you remembered. And I did. <laughs> good work, it, man. It's a good thing I completely tuned up my wife during her work conversation while I was eating dinner Phew. so that I could think about this. <laughs> Lucky for us. <laughs> Lucky for us. Uh, well, listen, the other, the last thing I think about this that, uh, that I actually didn't like either. And as we've been talking about it here, I, I think I've found more things to sort of complain about than I thought I was going to coming into this podcast. Um, but even at the end where Terry Crews throws the meat cleaver or whatever it is at her and it just sticks right into her chest. Oh yeah. I, I, I kind of didn't find that believable either, to be honest. I'm not sure that would work that way. Well, I don't, you could get lucky, right? I, I mean, guess. cleavers are not really throwing weapons. No. And he's not really skilled. And and when you are throwing something at somebody, they were pretty close range for a thrown weapon. Right. Like they were a good, you know, five feet apart. That's really close. That's a, not a lot of time for a knife to tumble correctly in the air in order to stick in the target. Yeah. So uh, either he was very, very good or very, very lucky, or like you say, it was completely unbelievable. Uh, can, we, can we explain it by his football playing past? Because he was a football uh, player. Was he? I think so. I think they uh, were no, trying to tell I us mean, he Terry was. I mean, Terry Crews was. Yeah. But this, he, it was somebody else's helmet. He was watching other people's games. Or he was wasn't it, watching his own. Are you sure? I, I wonder, I think it might have been his helmet and nope, watching he his own football games. He talked about the hero, uh, uh, you know, five yards, whatever. He was complaining about the loss of this helmet. Okay. Uh, it was not his. So I don't think Joe was a football player. Terry Crews was a football player. got it got it and then what about the fact that they're escaping and they they just let sandra reanimate and like almost get them as they're climbing up the hatch like why not just put something through her head why would they leave uh, that's another question why <sighs> leave this place is like, incredible they have this they have color coordinated rooms <laughs> and a room that i assume is green that they haven't even looked in yet yeah and it's it's immaculate. It's well stocked. 
It's yep. uh, she's been complaining about people coming in and wanting to take all that she's built. Mm-hmm. Even in the transcript of their conversation that he's reading, she talks about upgrading to whatever vault or whatever prepper, uh, you know, vault that they, uh, that they had, she upgraded to that particular one. So we know that it's good, right? We know that this is a nice place. It has food at the very minimum and maybe even a flashlight of some kind. (laughs) Or two. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. So they kill the sole and lone occupant of this bunker, uh, successfully. It took a couple of tries, but Mm -hmm. they successfully killed her and then they just fuck off and live in a bridge uh, for a while. Yeah. With their goat or with, lamb. With lamb. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love baby goats. Baby goats are the best. So funny. So funny. Uh, yeah, no, I, that doesn't make any sense. Not putting her down doesn't make any sense other than they wanted, you know, one last scare as they're climbing this hatch. Put together uh, a backpack, you know, you know, yeah. just put together a kit to leave, like a go bag of some kind. I'm sure there's, you know, some kind of grocery bag in there that you could fill with some MREs and maybe a candle or uh, some fire starting equipment or a knife. There's a perfectly good knife in the sternum of that lady. Yeah. Uh, You could take that. Maybe that would be helpful. If they are going to leave, why not take some stuff? You're right. They walk away with nothing. It's weird. It's weird. Maybe we're asking too much for a single episode of an anthology series, but I think other shows have done this before pretty successfully. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they've, ah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's, it all feels kind of weird now that we say it all out loud. It's that door that bugs me. And you know what else bugs me? It's the red brick road. You know, the yellow brick road in the Wizard of Oz, it kind of spins around and it's intertwined with a red brick road. Where the fuck does that red brick road go? Oh my God. That's what I want to know. Of course you do. Um, We haven't even mentioned Evie's whole thing, her mission. Like she's this sort of like hippie kind of, you know, weed smoking (laughs) uh, new age kind of woman and- Crystal, yeah. Yeah, crystals. healing crystals, things like that, you know. No no offense to anyone that, that buys into that kind of thing, whatever, but that's what she is. And she's going to find her husband, apparently, former husband, who has this thing where he paints people, portraits of people, to deal with his emotion and or feelings about them. Yeah. And, and so she does end up finding his cabin, looking through his paintings, doesn't find him. But I felt like that was all really, really ignored. Like her whole story is really ignored in this. And it was mostly about Terry Crews and how she's kind of helping him or pushing him into doing what he needs to do. Her story, I thought, was just really second fiddle in the whole thing. And I didn't I didn't really... understand it. She explained yeah. it. And I'm like, okay, she left. He didn't want to go. She He hate paints and... Hate uh, paints, right. Yeah. <laughs> Something so weird. So, well, I mean, you know, whatever gets you through the day, right? If you need to hate paint, go right ahead, hate paint all you want. Yeah. Uh, So she wants to see if he ever hate painted her uh, and she's looking for him and their motorbike gets stolen. They have nothing. They have to walk and they all, he said that they were, you know, if everything worked out perfectly, we could be there in 12 hours, Mm -hmm. you know, with the motorcycle. But no, there's like the goat stolen. And then 15 minutes later, they're both at their own perspective locations. Uh, 
Uh, everything's fine. She finds the, 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 the exact cabin that she's looking for. I assume she knew where she was going. So that's all well and good. Yeah, she did. She knew where she was going and she was able to help him find the right place because she'd been there before. I just didn't really think that they gave us anything to latch onto with that storyline, right? And that's what I mean about earlier on about how I thought they did an okay giving us stuff, giving us plot details and character details about Joe, but not so much about Evie. I, I, you know, we sort of got to know her philosophy or outlook on life, but the whole hate painting thing, like you said, do what you need to do, but it's weird and it didn't pan out for her at all other than she shows up she looks through some paintings i guess she finds one of herself and she's not all it yeah it's not ugly it's and, not all ugly uh, right it's it's a love painting yeah i guess so but it was just such a strange concept that it didn't really land for me so okay i so wish she i kind of wouldn't have minded more about her too but again we only have 45 minutes to do this in so she walks through the front door calls her husband's name no answer she turns directly to the paintings, goes, hate, 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 hate. Aw, love. Yeah. End of scene. Done. We're done. Like, that's it. We're done. That storyline has completed. <laughs> yeah. Like, did she look through the rest of the house? Did she find him? Did she find a note? Uh, what, what, what happened there? Like, what? And yeah. then she decided to go, uh, and they both found the exact spot that they were looking for based on the photograph of a house and a description of what might be nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she said she knew that, why, where were they, where did they start from? Was her originating? Uh, I'm just wondering why she knew about a bagel place in some place in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, or Flint. Well, or I think the, I think it was just that that's where maybe she lived before. That's where she was in the pre-apocalypse with her husband. Um, so she was going back to that place, I, I think. See. So she knew about the bagel place. Yeah, donuts. But yeah. No, nah, it was a hippie. It can't be donuts. No, it was right? donuts. It had a funny donut pun name, which I can't think of now. But uh, uh, okay. It just doesn't seem like a uh, new age crystal vegan type thing to do is to uh, go to the donut shop. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe she wasn't always that way. Um, anyhow, what do you think this episode was ultimately trying to tell us, Jason? What was this about? And I have some options for you here. Uh, I think I'll, what was it trying to tell us? Yeah. What was the theme? What was the theme of this episode? What was the point of it all? Fucking baby lambs are awesome. Uh, yeah. Look at the face. Did you see the face? I looked at the face when she said to look at the face <laughs> and that face was cute and I could not eat that face. Skipper, right? They named it Skipper at the Skipper, end. Skipper because Gilligan was the dog and yeah. Skipper is the, uh, yeah. It, I figured, I figured his name was, uh, I, I didn't know what his, Tony Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed his character, his name was Joe, but Tony Hill played the Skipper. Okay. <laughs> I just like the name Skipper for a, for a lamb. It's good. It's a good name. Uh, so thematically, this episode, is yeah. it, you know, don't live in the past, look to the future? I think that was in there a little bit, you know, go, go uh, maybe, maybe um, never be afraid and always go after what you want, right? Joe leaves to go after what he wants, even though he... The impetus was the, uh, the death of his dog. Um, or, you know, if you have everything you want, like all these supplies and the safety and everything, all that is worthless if you have nobody to share it with. I think that might've been the theme. Okay. I'm just, other options? I'm just throwing things out here. Um, the world is screwed up and dangerous. 
but still beautiful and needs to be experienced. That was a thing that came up twice in this episode when they're looking at sunsets. Yes. So right? a nice sunset is still a nice sunset. That's right. Regardless of what hor- horrific things are going on around you. That reminds me of Jarhead. Do you remember Jarhead? That movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. was in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Gulf War. Yeah. And, uh, oh, what was his name? Uh... Their commander, not commander, but their unit lead, uh, whatever his name was. Um, Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx, yeah. Jamie Foxx. So, so they're, they're sitting in the desert, uh, and all of the oil wells are on fire. Yes. Right? Saddam Hussein set, uh, set fire to all the oil, oil heads of the Kuwaiti oil fields, and they're all on fire. There's black smoke everywhere, and the sun is blotted out, and it's the middle of the day, and it's just a complete, they're in the middle of the desert, it's a fucking hellscape. Mm-hmm. Right, absolute hellscape. They got a bonfire going. Jamie Foxx turns to him and says, "I love the core, because where else can you experience something like this? Like you, without you know, if I was just some guy sitting at home doing nothing, there's no way in hell that I could ever experience this. Right but now, because of the core, I get to experience this moment, even though it's complete fucking hell. Sure, every moment is special, even if it's hell." Absolutely. So that, you know, you could live in the zombie apocalypse. There's dead bodies all over the place. Sometimes they get up and try and eat you and you have to stab them in the noodle. Uh, and, but it's still, you know, something to experience. But there's still beauty in the world. There's still beauty in the world. Yeah. I personally have no interest in experiencing any of that shit. All I want to do is see crap that's going on uh, in my office. There you go. To bring it all back around, <laughs> Jason's never going to leave his house again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't like leaving the house. Don't make me leave the house. What happened to the missing hearts? They mentioned that uh, some of the zombies had hearts that were missing. Right. There's a scene where they have to fight some zombies around one of their campsites, and one of them had its heart pulled out, and they comment on it, but it never comes up again, does it? Yeah. I wonder, do you think, Jason, there's going to be some sort of through line to these episodes, the six episodes? Yes. Okay. And maybe that's one of them. Maybe that's one of them. That's, that's, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a through line. It might be an Easter egg that gets dropped in a couple of places. Got it. Okay. Right. I, I hadn't really considered that idea because I feel like these are all going to be very different, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's a thing. So maybe the heart thing we should keep in mind for next week. Uh, maybe. maybe. I mean, I've, I'm most of the way through that episode. Have you watched the next episode too? Have not, no. So as we record this, episode two of Tales is on AMC Plus. So if yeah. you're an AMC Plus subscriber, you may have already seen it. It doesn't come out on AMC until next Sunday though. So we'll talk about that one next week. I couldn't figure out how to watch this episode without AMC Plus. Uh, you can't unless you watch it on AMC episode two. Anyways, it will be on AMC. Uh, no, episode week. one. Oh. Like I tried going to the iTunes store. I could not, or not, I went to Apple TV and looked for it. And the only way to watch it was through AMC plus. You so, can't, you can't buy it from Apple? I don't know. I was in, uh, you know, post, uh, wonderful steak dinner. Uh, panic mode of, oh shit, I didn't watch the thing. And we know what happens when I don't watch the thing when we get to do the podcast. We do. It's bad. It's, it's not, it's, it's not good. It's not good. No. So I had, I was like, oh shit, I need to watch this right fucking now. Bing, 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 bing. How do I, uh, okay, fine. I'll sign up for the free month. So I got, so I got in 
And that's what I was I was doing. I was watching, and I didn't know whether we're watching one episode or two, so I started watching the two, and I'm like, oh, shit, I, really, I have to podcast in 15 minutes, and I have 20 minutes of episode left. So I messaged you saying, what are we doing? What are we doing? And you said one, and I said, okay, fine, and I dropped it. So I've watched most of episode two already. Okay. Well, let's not spoil that. We'll be talking about that next I week. I would never do that, ever. I know. I haven't seen it, so uh, we'll get around to it, but um, I'm glad you did it in time. And I'm sorry you didn't like it. Uh, I think I like it a little less now, but... I think I like it a little bit more. Oh, good. So maybe we moderate each other. Moderate, meet in the middle a little bit, yeah. Yeah. All right. You're like, you're like the ocean and I'm like the land. You know, the, the weather is, is more moderate since we're next to each other. That's right. Very, very good. Okay. Yeah. Well... There you go. That is Tales of the Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 1, Evie and Joe. And uh, next week, we'll be talking about Episode 2, which also has two character names, which I can't think of right now. But uh, we'll Mm -hmm. get to that. That'll be fun. If you've got any thoughts about this, I mean, send them in. We do want to hear from you about this show. It's the first anthology show in the Walking Dead universe. New characters, new locations, all these sorts of things. I'm curious to find out what everyone thinks about these episodes as we go forward, this one and future ones. So make sure you send those in. Just before we wrap up here for the evening, I want to thank a couple of new patrons, which we haven't done in a little while. So I apologize if it has been a long time coming for you two, but uh, Karen G and Morning P., uh, I do want to thank you for becoming new patrons at patreon.com slash the talking dead. And of course, a reminder that our Patreon prize Palooza will continue in October when the walking dead is back for its final eight episodes. So we have eight more prizes to go eight more ways for Jason to choose the winner each week. And that's going to start when the show comes back in October. So sign up to be be a patron to be part of that. And maybe you will be one of the lucky chosen ones to win a prize. we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah. All right. Uh, Other than that, that's all for tonight, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with us, you can visit the website at talkingdeadpodcast.com and clicking on send voicemail at the top. That'll allow you to record a message, which will be sent right into us. Uh, I almost let the domain expire, Jason. I missed the, yeah, I missed the renewal, uh, email from the company, from the registrar. And then I got another one with three days to go. And so, so I renewed it right away and we're, we're good to go for at least another year. Well, that, that's good. I panicked last time and bought 10 years. (laughs) And now I don't know what the fuck's going on. Cause I'm like, well, I haven't gotten to notice in a while. Has it been 10 years? (laughs) I don't know. I should really check on it. Probably, probably not. But uh, the the podcast domain, yeah. Last couple few times, I bought two years at a time, maybe even three. But here we are, Walking Dead's ending. I just went for the one year, uh, but I don't think that should mean anything. It doesn't mean that we're going away, and we only no. have one more year to go. And there's been domains that uh, that I've owned in the past that I let go that I regret. Yeah. Uh, Specifically Space Elevator, the band that I was in, that uh, spaceelevator.ca is no longer owned by me or affiliated with the band at all. And I wish it was. Yeah. But it's not. It's something, I I don't know, I haven't been there in a while, but it's definitely not mine anymore. And I regret letting it go. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. Well, we can't let this one go because that would signal the end of the podcast. Well, next year, you know, do 10 years. Just get her done. Get her done? Okay. I'll, I'll think about it. 
talkingdeadpodcast.com for all our old episodes and uh, a, the ability to send in a voice message. You can also find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or just send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That is a great way to get in touch. Uh, okay, so we'll be back in a week when we talk about episode two of Tales, and um, I look forward to that. But until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao, ciao.